spoken maybe. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have a dream that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass for more years than I could dream of memory. I have a walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Andy Ann's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional materials. You wake up one morning after not reading a book since your school days and you decide to be a writer. With no good or bad writing to compare against your own, you just know how to write and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Hell, maybe they're jealous of your natural ability to craft the masterpiece. After all, most people need to learn through a combination of books, courses, critical feedback and workshops. Not you though. It's not their fault. They don't realise your natural talent, but they soon will. How to Write Wrong is the new book by Amanda Steele. The book, which is an interactive story, gives the reader multiple options throughout its story. The book can be purchased from Amazon. Spoken Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label all one word, spoken label dot bandcamp.com. On the bandcamp it is set as pay what you want, so you are entitled if you wish you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running plots for the podcast. Enjoy. Spoken label. Hi guys, Andy N, Spoken Label, back in the house and back on Zoom again today. Now this one's an interesting podcast because I was on this lady's podcast series only a couple of days ago actually. So, But we'd already had this mapped out for a few weeks ago, so I've been looking forward to talking to this lady. Lady is Nadia Kingsley. Nadia, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody tell me who you are, where you come from and what started off your creativity? We'll take it from there. Sure, I'm a little bit... Um... So I'm a bit shocked to be called a lady. <laughs> I've, I've got I, know a, I know I'm of a certain age, but it, that sounds a little bit of a shocking. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, yeah, um, I'm Nadia. Um, I, um, I write poetry, um, short stories. I run Fairacre Press, which is this small publishing house. Um, I have recently started a podcast called The Word Bin. Um, and I live uh, on the on the uh, northwest end of Shropshire, so just inside West Midlands. But um, I can practically spit at uh, Wales if I felt so inclined. Yeah, wish you would. I don't. Of course. <laughs> I don't. When I, when I try to speak Welsh, I do. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. It's such a difficult language to try and learn Wales. I respect you if you try it. So I've got friends. I did, try, I, did, I did try starting to learn because my mother was Welsh, 
Uh, but she um, she went to Cheltenham Ladies College, and uh, <laughs> you would never believe that she had she was Welsh at all, and she never spoke Welsh with any time I ever heard her. Um, but yeah, I did. I have tried to. I think I, I think I got as far as say being able to say I like speaking Welsh in Welsh. I don't know if I can remember it now. I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure honest of it. What started off with your creativity then? I know you've obviously been active for quite a few years. I can see that. For all the projects you've been involved with. So. Oh, what started it? Uh, when I was at school, I went to this very, uh, I went to a girls' school. It was very academic. Um, and I don't know how it happened, but we were allowed to do a bit of pottery in the lunch breaks. And um, I always felt like I, I enjoyed that so much, but I kind of like, I was doing sciences and I actually uh, trained to be a doctor. Um, I'm currently not working as a doctor, but I, um, I was a GP quite a few years ago. And um, when I was a GP, I'd, well, I kind of always promised myself that if um, once, because you do lots of on-call when you're a hospital doctor or, um, uh, or a GP. And uh, so I couldn't be sure that I'd be free on a specific night. But as soon as I was able to, I, I started an evening class in, uh, in pottery. And that's kind, of, that's kind of where it all began. I loved it so much. It was on a Wednesday. Um, there would be, I'd, I'd get in from work, I'd watch Star Trek uh, while I was eating some kind of like uh, pasta um, a ready meal. And then I'd just like, I'd, I'd just have enough time from the end of Star Trek, jump in the car and go to the, uh, the evening class. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> it's fascinating life out there. That's one thing that I always say when you're creative, one thing leads to another. So what made yeah. you, what led you to writing poetry? that then was probably um, all there I was, think, I was trying to think about that the other day so I so um so I was making pottery just in the evenings then um I got really into it so I had um I lived in a little little house but on my own so I put one of the I bought a, a wheel and put that in the the room and then um so I was making lots of stuff carrying it into the uh um, adult learning place and then I needed to move I actually moved house so that I could buy a kiln um, because things were getting broken in the kiln or they got somebody else's glaze got spattered on it um, sorry that was my phone oh don't worry, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then I started doing open studios. Then uh, I loved that so much. So then I actually left medicine temporarily to do a ceramics degree. Then, uh, and I did that in Wolverhampton. Brilliant, brilliant place. And um, then after the degree, I started making textile art, which was really good fun. And it was what I was making was quite autobiographical, but it took a very, very long time to make. And I think I just started writing poems that sort of were coming up, the, the words were coming up while I was sewing. 
and it was also quite nice to complete something a lot quicker yeah. and then uh, and then i guess you must uh, you, do you know emma purse has I, I met emma last year actually because um i know steve bottinger ah right right yeah, i know steve i met yeah. emma last year one lovely actually she was so remember her well so she i had she is just an amazing woman and she was running in Bilston, which is just next to Wolverhampton. She was running um, a little group called, well, a little group. It was a great group called um, Women Who Write, or mm. we all called it Women What Write. The, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and so I'd already started writing a few things, but she just so encouraged me. And then, you know, I stood up and performed for the first time at a Women Who Write uh, evening and yeah and it kind of just slowly started from there oh wow is it how did that how was that first reading were you did you find was it a real terrifying experience for you then was it oh Andy like, it was so terrifying absolutely awful not just the first one just so many because I also went um I don't know what his surname is but do you know Big Bren in uh, Birmingham no I don't no I don't uh, that's his that's his stage name so I'm not, I'm not being rude, <laughs> but uh, and I'm not sure what his surname is. But he was running a he was running a, a, a an event on a Sunday once a month called Sunday Express, and I went along to that as well. And uh, both both places, I just remember, you feel kind of fine. You just stand up. My knees started to shake. Oh. My, <laughs> my hands were shaking so I couldn't see the actual words on the paper. I had a frog in my throat. Just, oh my God, you're just like, what are you doing, buddy? What are you doing to me? Come on, this is hard enough without you rebelling against me and making it really, really hard. <laughs> oh. Oh, I, I rem so remember that. My, my first one was very similar. Because I went on stage and all people could see was a piece of piece of paper straight in front of the face. Not me, the piece of paper and the paper was shaking. Goodness. <laughs> well, I've been before regular for about 12, 13 years now, so I can remember it well. You do like it. You look back at the first one or two and you're thinking, how did this, how did I carry on? Sometimes you wonder why, uh, don't you? So. <laughs> Oh my God, yeah, I know. But it, there was, yeah, there's, there's a thrill as well. I think it's really hard to, I think, if I was going to advise anybody, if I was going to advise my younger self, I think the first time I stood up, stand up in front of an audience, I would like to read somebody else's work. Because you've got that double whammy, haven't you? You've got the fact that you're, you're standing up there, but the fact that it's your own work, you don't know, what, you don't know if it's crap, you don't know what people are going to think of it. Yeah, uh, and that, that is such an extra burden, isn't it? And oh, yeah. I had never, you know, I'd never, I'd never stood up in front of a, a, an audience to talk about anything. Some people's jobs, you get to do it a little bit, don't you? And, or a lot. That obviously helps them, I think. Um, but yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, no. for, thanks for uh, giving me flashbacks. <laughs> No, obviously then, you know, obviously that then led one thing led to another, didn't it? So, do you tell me, you've done mm. three poetry pamphlets to date, two of them in collaboration with David Calcourt. Tell us about the, yeah. what, how you met David then, and we, we work on Roadkill and Through the Woods. 
Ah, yeah. Well, we were we were standing in a queue waiting to go into um, something at Wenlock Poetry Festival, um, <laughs> and uh, I had so back in the first the first book I published was um, a poetry and art book about the butterflies of Shropshire. Um, it was called Shropshire Butterflies, and he'd read that, and I knew his daughter. And we were just chatting in this queue, and he said, "Oh, um, I wonder, you know, could I send, could I send you through some poems and see if you'd like to uh, publish a pamphlet?" And I said, "Oh, yes, please." And he sent them through, and they're all fantastic. But there were just a few poems that I, I was very excited to come up with the idea of, of it being called Roadkill. Um, so he had a few really moving um, poems about animals that were were dead on the side of the road and um, the, about their secret lives that had you know that we don't normally see. Normally we see all these birds and, and animals dead. You never get to see them the rest of the time. Um, so I said, "Oh, how how do you feel about calling it roadkill and doing this pamphlet?" And then he said, "Shock horror." Uh, well, yes, I would love to do that, but only if you write some poems too, and we do it together. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I know, I know. What, oh, wow. a, what a lovely man. I mean, he's, uh, he's done a lot of community plays and um, a, a fantastic um, collaborator, just so generous. And it was just amazing, Andy, because not only uh, writing those poems, it was kind of like, um, I had to up my game. I had, to, you know, I didn't want to let him down. And so it was so good for me. I really did write poems much better than I'd, I'd written before. That wasn't good English. Uh, and uh, and then, then we went out. He, he knew all the West Midlands um, poetry events and all the people who ran them. And so he got us. Uh, he got us guest slots, which I would never have been able to do, and um, and then and then having him next to me took all those nerves away. Plus, he was he was just so he's just so relaxed and uh, and generous to the audience because you know he's just giving to the audience and saying it's and and saying to me it's not about us now. It's about the poems and the audience kind of thing, and. Um, he he liked he liked him. He, he didn't like it that we he'd do one poem, I'd do another poem. He wanted to break it up, so we'd, he'd say, "Okay, you do those two lines, I'll do these two lines." And so it was oh, just it was kind of a, really? I know it was amazing. Oh, so yeah. it was a real it was a real workout. You had to concentrate so hard about when you came in, <clears throat> and it was it was the first time I'd sort of really kind of acted as well yeah you do oh brilliant the 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 uh am i allowed to swear the bastard go, go for it is that all right uh, the, the bastard he kept we'd be sitting there we'd have arranged our, our what we were going to going to do and then all the way through the first half he'd be whispering and saying oh i don't think we should do that poem after all let's do this poem and it was just like really 
really good because it took away completely all the nerves and everything because he's just oh, like okay oh, we could keep up with this I could keep oh, up. and then when he he did a absolute you know stonker of a poem i would just like oh my god where how do i float my poem in after that kind of thing and it was just, oh they were wonderful wonderful experiences i loved it oh brilliant uh digressing for a second you remind me of them i've not told you before me and my other half we bought a book out last year with it could run away with me in seven words and you'll love how we, what we did here was we did a series of yeah. seven word poems following each other on so like a one long sequence but also pull up flow to the set full poem as well i'll send you the pdf over it, but i'll speak to amanda oh you, i love, you love that it. that sounds so good yeah it's really good really good exercise because it was a nightmare but a bit like what you did and then we tried reading them out and we'd go on stage yeah. and amanda, amanda was saying to me off mic saying which way around we were doing this like very similar to yours and take and i said don't take it in turns <laughs> whether we wrote it or not <laughs> But it's I was going to say, it'd be, it'd be interesting reading out the other person's, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. It got confusing, that's for sure. So I want to ask you about, <laughs> obviously, about your solo collection as well, obviously, in between your two books or two collections with David, Lawn Law. Now, where, yes. did that, where did that come from? Well, um, I had this idea. So I'd done the Shropshire Butterflies book and I one of the reasons why I had the idea of doing that was that I'd just moved to Shropshire. I wanted to get out and see more of Shropshire. And um, I wanted to, instead, I liked, really like going for walks in nature, but I wanted to for, formally learn a little bit more about nature. Um, and felt it didn't matter where you started because everything's connected. And that, that is how it, it turned out. So during uh, Shropshire Butterflies, I met this wonderful grasses expert, uh, John Handley, who lived just down the road at the time. I've moved since. Um, and so, uh, and there's this thing called a quadrat in, um, in proper scientific um, nature stuff. And, and it means that you measure either a one meter square or a two meter square of where you are and you work out, you see what all the species are, it, plant species are in that, in that square. And then you can actually categorize what that, that land is, you know, whether it's um, pasture, I don't know, I can't remember, I can't remember now what the, what the um, proper names for, but you know, uh, yeah. So, so what I thought was because I was living, I was renting a house on a farm, and I always joked about our lawn not really being a lawn at all because it just mm. like all these seeds came through from the farm, and uh, so I asked him, and he came round, and we we one day we made this one meter square um, with string and little little posts, and uh, between us we well it's mostly him uh we identified all the species that were plant species that were there and then i um set myself the task of writing a poem about um each of those species because that's a, a lot of the poetry i like uh, i don't know how i mean it was different but for, for me i really like um setting myself a task researching and learning about the subject 
and then writing something and I've I remember the information a whole lot better if I've written a poem and hopefully I write a, a half decent poem at the end of it so I wrote so I, I was I was really pleased with this this thing because I decided to publish it as a little, a little square but I also printed the poems in size six font oh god god that's small I know I know but on the back there's one of these little credit card magnifier magnifiers which uh I'd like little cut little slits and on so you pull that out and you use the magnifier to actually read the poem oh, wow. um, yeah. and then you can then you can take the magnifier out into the garden and have a look at the plants in more detail as well that was the for me uh, I'm always trying to I'm not a very good um reader or listener of stuff I think I'm one of the um, I, I like I'll sit down and watch the weather forecast and then it gets to the end and I haven't taken any of it in but I really wanted to know about the weather I yeah, go yeah, to events and, and my brain my brain just wanders off so I'm trying try and with poetry, sometimes my brain's just running too fast to be able to really enjoy the poetry. So this was this was kind of like a way to um, slow my brain down and make me actually, you know, see the words that were, were on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. That's a, that's, a fascinating, that's a fascinating way of doing it, definitely. So now, obviously, and um, more recently since obviously those three collections, I know obviously you then. You've more recently, Tim, you run your own local press now, do you said already? Fairake Press. Now, where did this come from then? Uh, where did Fairacre Press yeah. come from? Yeah. Uh, well, it was because I'd had this idea to do um uh I'd always I always felt like I'd like to make a book. Um I felt like I could die happy if I made a book. I don't know why I had that in my head, but it just felt like something. And then I had this idea about the Shropshire Butterflies book, and then I had to, um, and I was, uh, I, I needed, I needed it to be under a press. So I self-published it, but I, I created Fairacre Press, and then um, I didn't know anything at all about publishing. I had an eight pound eighty-eight. Um, uh, CD-ROM publishing software, which had oh, awful wow. glitches in it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I, but I chose, chose the poems, chose the art, asked people to, asked people um, to write pieces of, of prose about different habitats. And, oh yeah, oh yeah, I went to, um, again at Wenlock Poetry Festival, I went to a Gillian Clark reading. Oh yeah, yeah. And she read, and yeah, it was so good. She and she read this poem about a butterfly, and uh, the two friends I was with elbowed me on either side, really hard actually, uh, saying, oh, "You must, um, uh, you must get that poem for your book. You must get that poem for your book." At that point, it was kind of going to be like uh, it was going to be a pamphlet. It was going to be like it just it was a small idea, um, but I did want to what well, I did know was that any money I was going to um, donate to Butterfly Conservation Charity. Um, anyway, so I went up to her afterwards and 
stuttered something out you know she's saying yeah come to the point tell me what 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 do you want just say what you'd like and i said oh could i use could i use could i have that poem for my book and she said oh she said of course you can of course you can anything for those those lovely butterflies um oh i think i've got a copy here shall i sign it here you are and um it was just this moment of I just realised. Um, oh, I can I could ask other people. You know, this is amazing. And suddenly, this this li small little tentative project I was planning, sort of, you know, it grew. And that's where Fair Acre Press comes from. It's from Gillian Clark saying yes that day. Me. Yeah, I can see like it's. You've been running for a few years now with this now, and people can go look on your website and see how much stuff you've been involved in, certainly. But I can see, like, looking at what you've done this year alone on it, where you bought out Bear on the Hands NHS Poetry Anthology. For example, what made you want to do that one? Um, I was... Well, I used to be a GP, I used to be a GP, mm. so I was really happy for to be involved in something with the NHS. And at the like in when we were putting it together, like November or December, I thought it. I very much felt it was going to be an obituary for for the NHS. Now, hopefully, well, who knows? Who knows if they'll still sell it off to to yeah. no, the agree. private sector. Um, as uh, as Donald Trump would like, and they probably would like, um, but uh, but it's uh, it's yeah it's turned into an um, incredible well it, it always was a celebration, but thankfully people are noticing how important the NHS is. I was just very lucky that um, uh, I'd already done, I'd already published a book that. Uh, Deborah Alma, the emergency poet, um, edited called uh, Hashtag Me Too, which was basically <laughs> poems about Hashtag Me Too. Um, of course, yeah. A year or so, a year or so beforehand, and um, so this project, this book, was um, was the uh, baby of uh, a GP in Hackney called uh, Dr. Katie Emile, and she. Um, asked Deb to co-edit the book with her and then Deb suggested that I published it um, and uh, thankfully uh, Katie said yes to that. Brilliant. Now if you could be, if people mm -hmm. are interested, if you look at the amount of people you've had that are endorsing and give quotes for it, I can see it just on your website where you have Stephen Fry involved in it, Adam <laughs> Keynes and Simon Armitage. How did you get people of that quality to endorse it? Well, um, that, that was all down to uh, Dr. Emil, Dr. Katie Emil did all that. And she just kept sending them through. And um, I mean, for me, Stephen Fry is just like... <laughs> oh, it's incredible. <laughs> I just, I just I practically fainted when that, when that came through. Oh, I would have done so, so as well, yeah. He's... Guy's a genius. Oh, such a yeah, isn't he? Yeah. And such such a lovely man, isn't he? Uh, so yeah, uh, she 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 did all of that. So um, you know, uh, for that book, I purely did the I did the typesetting. Um, I didn't do the cover, but actually, 
I did suggest um, they used NHS font and NHS colours and I sent them through the exact uh, CMYK colour color things to the cover designer and uh, I'm so glad they, uh, they went for that. I think that made a big difference. Um, but the work, the work for that book has mainly been since it came out because it came out on the <laughs> on the first day of lockdown. Oh, that was just complete. That that's just so complete. typical. Typical. My, my <laughs> luck would have been that as well. So, oh dear. Oh, dear. But, uh, thankfully, um, I didn't do it at the beginning, but these days, the last few years, all my books have been uh, with a print-on-demand publisher that also distribute the books and so and they didn't close Bertram's closed Gardner's closed um, Amazon actually I actually had a phone call from this guy straight from Amazon saying oh, yeah. oh can we can we print this book for ourselves because um, because we've got this essential items only embargo within, oh, yeah. within the company because of lockdown uh, they uh, they couldn't actually they had the order in at the printers but they couldn't actually get it delivered and um, so I had to, so I had to say no to them because we were concerned about what the quality would be but um, yeah so I've um, I've processed eighteen hundred orders. Oh God, <laughs> that's incredible! Wow. And then and then wow. Paul Michael Rosen, who, um, who's, uh, his poem is the title poem, These Are the Hands, which he, he's, he's allowed to have in the book. But he, he, he got COVID-19 and was in, well, he was, I think he was in ITU with an enforced, uh, induced coma for seven weeks, I think. God, God. But anyway, he, he caught it really early on like the first week of lockdown or second week of lockdown. And um, then Sophie Rayworth on Radio 4 Today programme read his poem out. And the next day I had something like 600 book orders. Oh, wow, well, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, well, I can't do this, I can't do this. <laughs> help, help. <laughs> I know. Then the website crashed and I thought, oh, thank goodness, I'm not going to tell the IT guy because I can't, I can't cope with any more orders oh, for now. <laughs> God almighty, that's phenomenal. Uh, it shows you like, one good bit of PR like that what it can do for you, basically, can't it? Oh, Absolutely. God, yeah, completely fantastic. Now, obviously, the last topic on touch on today for you is, and is obviously since then, it's, you know, your latest project, which I've been featured on the Word Bin. Now, where did the Word Bin come from? Um, uh, that came from, you know, several drunken conversations <laughs> where, I start, where I started to, you know, well, I really hate that word. <laughs> you oh, can't yeah. get rid of that word. It's so awful. Um, and you know, I had a list of them, and um, I think I think well, I must have. Yeah, I'd already made some podcasts on a couple of Arts Council England funded uh, projects, and I was looking for a podcast idea. And then I just thought, oh, yeah, this would be really good, but. At the start, I was calling it Undictionary, which was not a good title. 
No, it's not. Wordbin's definitely better. <laughs> well, Wordbin is a lot better, isn't it? Um, and then also, I thought, um, I thought that um, I would have to interview every single person. I thought I'd have to be there with my little um, recorder and ask them. And it was, it was um, in March. I went on holiday and I made a list of things I wanted to do because this is like three years ago. I had this idea. Wow. And I kept thinking. I kept thinking, oh, yes, I'll do it. Oh, yes, I'll do it. And then 18 months ago, I made a few recordings and then other stuff got in the way. So before um, I went on holiday, uh, 1st of March, I, I put a list and one of them was, I'm going to try and do this podcast, see what happens, whatever. Um, and then I got back from holiday and three days later, lockdown started and I thought, oh, no, I can't do it. And then... Finally, that last, you know, the penny, my brain can be really slow sometimes. <laughs> and suddenly realised everybody can record on their own phones. Yeah, and that just was, that was just, because I was also thinking, how on earth do I get, you know, what I'd really like is voice, all these different sounding accents and, you know, from all over the UK, but all, also all over the world. And um, so, uh, yeah. Finally, that was the final like piece of the jigsaw, and so I, I st yeah, I started it sort of straight in April, really. Yeah. Brilliant. So, how have you found marketing the podcast and getting poets in? Have poets been contacting you quite regularly then, have they, or has it been fairly easy to get the word out there? I, no, I, I'm still inviting people personally. I think that's the main way that's happening. So, I've um, I had two. Two and a half thousand uh, Facebook friends, and um, I wow. so I I invite. That's because of Ferric Press. It's not. That's not because yeah. I'm popular. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <of that. laughs> I, and I I I, um, I wrote. I wrote. I decided to write to them personally on Facebook Messenger. Each one, because um, I tried. I tried just putting it out on Facebook. I tried putting it out on Twitter, and nothing. Nothing really happened. And then uh, once I got through the, or yeah, once I got through the two and a half thousand, I've, I've invited, I think I've now got three and a half thousand friends. I think another thousand I've written to. <laughs> um, wow. And I've just, I just started on Twitter to, um, I've just started trying to do that as a personal thing. That's quite, that's quite good because um, people, then it's very easy for them to retweet it and also we can have a little conversation but it's also public so I haven't really explored Twitter very much yet but it, um, but it's getting there I'm getting there yet everybody anyone is invited to be part of it um, but uh, you know it is getting the word out there so I'm really grateful to you for this it's a great concept for a podcast and I had a great time doing what I did for you. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> it was like, hey. anyone ch check mine out. It was because basically faffing in my case came from what the partner says calls and said I do all the time. But you can look at the podcast, <laughs> you can look at the podcast for that. <laughs> no, it's really good. Somebody, I'm just so just so happy with the reaction of both the participants and the um, listeners uh, you know some of the because I really 
I want it to be whatever anybody wants it to be for for them. And but but there've been some people who very much you know I'd like it to be if you don't if you don't feel your voice is heard anywhere, then this is a place it can be heard. And um, there's several people who have been you know really touchingly grateful to have had the opportunity to do it. And um, oh, there was someone the other day who uh, what was the Ah, oh, independence. He wanted to put the word independence in. He was Scottish. Mm. And um, a, a stunningly good, uh, well, they're all good recordings. And, um, but he said, you know, thank you so much. I've been thinking about this for ages, but, you know, getting it ready for the word bin has helped me actually put it, you know, put it into words. And so he was, he, he was thankful, which was just so lovely. Um, yeah, I re I, um, and that's what keeps me, that's what's kept me inviting people because the reaction is just extraordinary uh, of the people who, who, are, who are interested, yeah. You do, we found a lot of podcasts like this one today. I think I've done well over 200 now and I started as well <gasps> a, a one or two off. It wasn't really planned to go in on four and a half years later and over 200 podcasts you do, it's like, your case, I know you're doing it every day of the week, aren't you? During the week, apart from not weekends. And that's like, yes. you're, like you're constantly like, like I am, constantly setting the podcasts up and, and uploading them all the time, I suppose, aren't you? Hey, the fear of running out is like... <laughs> about us holding well, the pizza. I, I sort of set myself, I, I know it was stupid doing it every weekday, but it just seemed right for the whole concept and you got to go with what what works with the concept um but i did say i did i have set it so that there are seasons and each season is 15 episodes so that i can i can give myself an out uh, i can bow out gracefully at the end of a season rather than it just like dwindling out so i thought well i'll, I'll do that but i'm really really hoping to keep it going um you know for I don't know how long, but for as long as I as long as I can, really, as long as people are sending in their words. Uh, well, because there's so many writers out there, isn't this? Like, it's such a great little unusual platform. That's why. So I can imagine it going on and on, on for you straight away. I really hope so. Um, and I, you know, I I've had people from Nigeria and Sri Lanka and America and Canada and um, Australia, I think. Uh, all over the world, who are starting to um, good. Anyone from Russia? Yeah. Send, send your send your fingers in that. Send your send your pointing bits and pieces in as well. We want some from Russia next and Brazil, so you can get all four corners of the world then. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> That's a great idea, definitely. Not. Now, lastly, obviously, second to last, have you got any projects coming up at the moment you want to talk about, or what's next? Ooh. Well, I have got a, a, I'm planning a companion podcast for the word bin. Which oh, yeah. Will, oh, yeah, which will be, will come out at the weekends. So it'll be very much a companion. Uh, so, shall I tell you what it's called? It's oh, got yes, a name. please. Yes, please. I'd like to see what you think of it. Go for it. Okay, so it's, so it's called The Word Relish. Word Relish. And what's the idea behind that podcast? That sounds interesting. Because it's, uh, um, what, what word do you relish and ah, why? The word that you love, you isn't know? it? Oh, brilliant, yeah. 
like a word that you really like and stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yikes. I would have to think about that one. I managed to think of, I knew what I was going to get rid of straight away, but... What's the <laughs> Well, uh, uh, if you if you think of one, um, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I still need to think about the format, whether it'll be exactly the same or whether I think it, it could be a little bit lazier. I think because it'd be at the weekend, so it could be a little bit longer. Or um, I think I'm going to be a bit more relaxed about the length of the podcast. I mean, at the moment, I try to keep it a, around five minutes, but sometimes goes to six but I think at the weekend you can allow it to yeah. so I think I'll encourage people to make because if you really really love a word then there is a lot to say about it I think Brilliant. so that's the plan no, good but luck. Um, good oh, thanks very much yeah definitely uh, and then thanks. I do have an arts I do have an arts council funding application idea but that's um and that will be podcast related and but uh that's in very early days. I've got to think about that quite a lot more. Fingers crossed. <laughs> now, if Thanks. you want to find out more about you, where are the best going? Um, well, to uh, Fairacre Press. So it's F-A-I-R-A-C-R-E-P-R-E-S-S dot co dot UK. And there's a, like an about page about me, which is usually a, li a little bit um behind times but it's not too it's not too far behind times but um you know there's the the email address is there um the word bin has a page of its own there um so oh yes and can i uh there's a patreon page since this week yes there is so indeed now that's what i was hinting at before but i knew about that <laughs> so <laughs> obviously <laughs> Tell people about your passion page. I don't take the hint, Andy. I just realised that she just said it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too subtle for me. I'm good sometimes. I am. So I've got the list correct. <laughs> yeah, so if anybody's got like huge bags of money just sitting around, I mean, well, <laughs> like, um, I, think the, I think it's £3 a month you can donate. Well, you had um, a couple of different layers on levels on it. I'm just trying to... Yeah, all the all all the tiers have the same. I think the terminology is rewards. Yeah. Uh, so you don't get anything more or anything less. It's just however much money you'd like to um, you'd, you'd like to donate. <laughs> yeah. And it would definitely help because it, it's quite you know these podcasts are quite time consuming and I have got loads of plans, but. Um, uh, but it's only if you if you're feeling like a money bags. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, if people are interested, what the layers are uh, levels are: one's three pound sixty, one is six pound, and one is twelve pound. So, everybody, please donate twelve pound. twelve pound for me. And I've titled them by words that have been binned. Oh yeah, so. you have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you I that. Haven't, I haven't that. called one faffing because I think that would be a bit rude to the person donating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got a accomplished top notch on three pound sixty. Astonishing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's for awesome, isn't it? I think yeah, that's for awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the awesome one. Because I, yeah. I looked up synonyms for the words that have been binned. 
Yeah. And then you've got, yeah. I'll let people just go and have a look at it, right? Because it is it's very youthful, you know, so I can see straight well, It's well. iconic. Iconic. It's been binned like three times or something already. <laughs> really? Oh, well. No, I'll, have no, come, no. I'll have to come and put it in the word relish in the keeper then. No, it's just go. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine enough. No, brilliant. Okie dokie. Well, that's all the questions for today, anyway. So I believe, I think we're going to do, do a few promises in the second half, aren't you? I think we agreed on that. Okay. Yeah. I think we agree. Yeah, uh, anyway. Okay. Right, we'll let you go get yourself sorted out. Hang around, okay. everybody. We'll take a quick break. Spoke Hi, guys. Straight over to Nadi. It's my favourite time of the podcast. I can sit back and relax now. There are a few phones out this. Over to you. Thanks, Andy. Uh, so I'd like to read a couple of poems from uh, Shropshire Butterflies, a poetic and artistic guide to the butterflies of Shropshire, which was the first book um, that I... Uh, published. Obviously, um, one of the advantages of uh, being the publisher is you can shove your poems in without anybody else saying whether it's allowed to be in there or not. So this is how I mostly get into books. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. like it. <laughs> uh, this one is called Viewpoint. Nettles sting and fill a garden with dilapidation. Dandelions ruin a lawn, and each clock is its own time bomb. Thistles scratch bare feet, grow very tall, and their roots run so deep they're hard to weed. Ragwort kills horses, sheep and cattle, and gives humans a rash when it comes to disposal. But... In a warm, sheltered site, you may see comma, peacock or small tortoise shell alight, lay egg on nettle and then take flight. In early spring, when these butterflies awake, they need nectar fast, find little in imported plants. So imagine their delight when they find a dandelion. Later, Goldfinches neatly shred seeds from thistle. But before that, butterflies gather with bees and feed on their flowers. Ragwort is covered with all kinds of bugs. They're the sole provider for cinnabar moths. Give their nectar freely to many others. Others who pollinate even our crops. Really, uh, great stuff. Oh, thanks so much. I I like well, I like um, I like the sentiment behind it for sure. Uh, so this next one is about um, there's a butterfly called the brown Argus butterfly, which comes out in um, you mostly see it in August. Um, and uh, this one is called Red for Danger. Uh, it's called Red for Danger um, because of the tractor. Brown Argus, be aware that this sunny August day is not just about you finding a mate or laying your eggs. As you bask on ragwort flower, know that this farmer is obliged by law to stop the spread of your nectar favourite. So, 
by orange spotted wings of brown, fly like quicksilver out of this trap back to your home on chalk for you are so small you won't be missed. He knows his business, it is ideal weather for spraying. He needs it done before harvest. Excellent. No, really good stuff. Like really, really good. Quite a lot. I love the sense oh, of Wendy, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I haven't written anything for so long. Uh, but, yeah. um, and I haven't written that much over the time. And I've always, I've always had to try and um, avoid sounding preachy because I get so excited about all the information that I've learned that then I stuff it all in. So um, I, I, that's really, <laughs> that's really bad. Oh, yeah. um, right. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed that. Really, really enjoyed it. It's like you say you don't um, write much. You like you can feel like I think some writers sometimes they can churn poems out all the time. Your cases are when they come out, they come up for a purpose. Like I can feel like your words there. Everything is not a word out of place. Oh, Andy, thank you. Yeah, I'm all, <laughs> all, all flattery. I am up right? but truth, right? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Shall I do another one then? Yes, please. Okay, so this one is from um, Arts Council England funded project I did, um, which is called Malign Species. And I wrote blogs and I made podcasts with uh, poets and uh, naturalists on the subjects of spiders, stinging nettles, frogs and squirrels, grey squirrels. Um, and, it, and again, as, um, as I said earlier, uh, I allowed myself to write something because you know, it's a subject that I was really, really interested in. I, I, I called myself, I used to be semi-phobic of spiders. And then mm. I, I read about um, how um, the goddess of Minerva is the goddess of spinning and also of spiders and when um, Christianity arrived in uh, Britain um, they stopped women gathering together to spin because they felt that they were like you know yabbering away and doing something subversive um, and so they uh, outlawed it um, and so in my brain I decided that it was um, male-dominated Christianity of 2,000 years that had made me scared of spiders. And once I realised this, I thought, sod it, I'm not going to be scared of them anymore. And I also read a bit about them and I found, you know, they, they are just amazing creatures. Um, so here's my one called uh, House Spider. Oh, and it's in the voice of the spider, Ooh. if they had a voice. <laughs> House Spider. I don't know why my ancestors chose to live within four walls. I, for one, don't mind the cold, but have no choice. It's in my genes. So here I am inside your house, mostly hidden, catching flies. There comes a time for any male when urge to mate drowns out the need to eat, stay safe. It's when the nights draw in, but it's a race. Rivals all are on the search for ripening she. I leave my web to cross your floor as fast as eight can carry me 
search up, behind, below, to find her unattended, and before she molts into maturity, when web smells sweet. I will pull her silken strands, will tap it with my legs, will bob my courtship dance with abdomen, then only when I sense she will accept, present her with my future. Oh, that's got, that's got a beautiful last line, that. Yeah. That was really, really, that's really, really evocative. I've really enjoyed that. But it's like, it's Thank quite, you. it's such a, I've unusual topic writing about spiders and the voice of the spider. Can you think like, a, I've, you can, I've heard poems about like everything else in voices of, never a spider. I'm brilliant that. Oh, great stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. It, it, was, it was a mega struggle to find a, find a way. <laughs> <laughs> We're on to the big conclusion now, aren't we? <laughs> so, you're going to do a fourth one for us, weren't you? I don't know if it's a, a big conclusion one or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, here it comes. And it's from, uh, it's from another Arts Council England funded project called Diversify, which was um, asking um, people to submit poetry and art um, on Britain's urban birds. And my um, subversive little kind of subtext idea was that, because nobody was allowed to write or draw about their gardens, it had to be out in the public. So it didn't matter if you lived in a in a bedsit or if you had a huge garden you the and what i would what i really hoped it would do would be that if you when you're walking to the bus to catch it in the morning you finally noticed the blackbird under the hedges that was there at the same time every day actually usually um so that was kind of like that's that was my hope for the whole project and um as I said, I used to live in Wolverhampton um, when I uh, did the ceramics degree and when I was going to um, Emma's uh, Women Who Write group and things. Um, so this is based on uh, West Park in Wolverhampton. And uh, yeah, it's about ducks. Actually, that'll come Oh, it's about ducks, it's about parakeets, that's it as well. Um, some things can be relied on. That's the title. I have a friend who, without a child to his name, still visits the ducks at West Park, Wolverhampton. He talks to the man who works there, says, the parakeets have recently breached Duck Island after years of attempts by the other birds who cherish their homes from heron to wren to keep them off it. Don't expect, he added, to see any of those little brown jobbies fledged from there come the next spring. A sad thing to happen, them coming up from London, but at least, I say, the ducks still remain, all varied in their combinations all cracking as they fly or swim so cheerily through this beleaguered city. Excellent. That's a great way of finishing off that. Thank you. Brilliant. Ah, oh, no, thanks. Really, really enjoyed it. Great stuff. So 
Thank you again, Patricia. Hang around. We need to speak to you off mic anyway. Thanks again. This is Andy N. Signing out for today. Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe. See you soon. Spoken, mate.